Amen. Thank you. Well, good evening, everybody. And uh, as Hannah uh, pointed out, that uh, it will be a short message. That's what I promised my staff, and that's what I kind of promise you all. And so uh, hopefully it will be, and y'all can enjoy your family, uh, friends, and your Christmas Eve. Again, if you came in late, my name is Prentice. I get the privilege to be lead pastor here at Bethany West Seattle. And it's so good to see all those kiddos. Can we give a little hand for the, for the kiddos? In fact, raise your hand. Let's start off with the story, but raise your hand, uh, young or older, if you love going to the beach. Yeah? And raise your hand if you love going swimming in the water, whether it's the beach or maybe in the pool. Uh, I do too. Uh, and a few years ago, my wife Marie and I, we went uh, on our honeymoon to uh, Indonesia, to Bali, and we were swimming, and I didn't realize that Maria was such a strong swimmer, in fact, a much stronger swimmer than myself. Uh, and we were out on the ocean, and I remember the waves becoming so big that I was... I wouldn't use the word scared, am I right, guys? Like, I wouldn't use the word scared, uh, but I was a little intimidated by how high the ocean break was. Uh, and next thing I knew, knew and saw, Maria was like way past the water, just treading and, and just enjoying the ocean swim. And I remember yelling at her or shouting, saying, Maria, you, you can't go out so far uh, because if something happens, I don't know who's going to come and rescue you, okay? So come a little bit, come back uh, in front of these waves uh, so that way you're not in danger and we can all just be together. And she, she was swimming and it was something I'll never forget. She shouted back and she said, friends, if you get past the waves, it'll be better. She said, if you get past the waves, you will get, it'll get better, it'll be okay. It's actually nice. And, and as we talk about this idea of Jesus being the peace of our lives, Emmanuel, God with us, uh, I think about that story uh, and what she said. She said, past the waves, it's kind of nice. And I would open up to you and say this, that oftentimes the peace we long for, and many of us, we oftentimes long for peace in the midst of chaos, in the midst of noise, in the midst of fear. The peace that we long for is on the other side of what we fear. Just like Maria being out in the ocean, how it was nice. Once you go past the scary waves, and if you're anything like me, just like being in the ocean, you don't want to go through the waves. It's too scary. There's so much fear. But what Maria pointed out in that day in the ocean was that, hey, guess what? Even in life, even here in the ocean, life gets better. Fear produces stability, fear produces uh, the route to your calling, to comfort, to peace, as we've been talking about, but you have to get through the wave. And, and it's a mysterious kind of way, but the way that God works oftentimes is that the peace that we long for is on the other side of what we fear. And the question I want to pose this morning is, is there something you fear 
today as you come in to the sanctuary in life. Maybe it's something new. Maybe it's something you've been possessing for a long time. Maybe it's the fear of just simply being alone. Maybe it's the fear of what the next chapter of life is going to look like. Maybe it's fear of, of losing somebody or getting sick or the call from the doctor or whatever it is. Maybe it's a fear of taking a chance of what you've always longed to do, what you've always wanted to do, what many of us, if you are a follower of Jesus, might even say that I'm called to do, but for whatever reason, it's fear that pushes us back. Maybe it's the fear of just watching the news of what's happening in the world, the headlines that we see. Maybe it's the fears of the, the polarization that we've been experiencing, the, the racial unrest. Maybe it's, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of on the other side of this pandemic, but we're still in the pandemic. Maybe it's something about the pandemic that brings about fear. And if you are, you're not alone. I read this stat according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. Uh, it says this, that studies have shown that over 40 million adults navigate uh, some form of anxiety. That's one in five adults, 18 and up. And I'm not saying that if you're afraid of something, that automatically means that you're navigating a mental illness, or, or maybe you are. I know that's something that I've navigated myself. But all that to say is that when you bring in a sense of fear or anxiety, that's not new. And you're not alone. And really, in this story, if you've been with us for a few weeks, we, through Advent, we've been looking at the family tree of Jesus. And uh, predominantly, the people in the story of the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 uh, for those of us that get to Matthew chapter 1, oftentimes we just gloss right through the genealogy. But there's something about the genealogy that actually speaks to it. There's something about the, what, what the author is doing that is trying to prove a point, and it's this. That throughout the genealogy of Jesus, there is, it's a mess. And maybe you come here and Christmas and the holidays exacerbates a sense of anxiety and brokenness, even in their own family. And what the author is trying to do in Matthew chapter 1 is point out the family that Jesus came from was a broken and messy family. And even out of that mess and that brokenness came the Savior of the world, Jesus. And so we looked at particularly different people. We looked at Rahab, we looked at Tamar, uh, we looked at Ruth, and, we, and this morning we look at none other than Jesus' mother, Mary. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, it simply says this, at the end of the genealogy, uh, Matthew writes, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. And the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, is also a story of fear. And we'll see that Jesus' mother, Mary, responds uh, with a sense of obedience and faithfulness in the midst of fear and anxiety. And because of that obedience and faithfulness, on the other side of that wave that she was experiencing, came again Jesus, the one who would provide salvation, eternal life, joy, comfort, 
everlasting peace. The story goes like this in Luke chapter 1, verse 28 to 30. It says, the angel went to her and said, this is Mary, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Now again, as we read through these verses about the birth of Jesus, if we're not careful, we'll gloss over it and we'll miss out on a few pieces that are important to this context. And I'll point out a few just right now in, in this moment in time that we're dealing with here. Uh, First of all, it's most likely that uh, Mary was a young woman at the age of around 13 years old. She was not married yet, but yet she was told that she was going to give birth. Now, again, in this uh, ancient Near East context, it's a very shame and honor culture. And so to be pregnant, like, a, like it was promised that she would be, while unmarried in this time, would bring upon shame on her and her family. And not only that, but in this first century context, to give birth out of wedlock was against uh, the ceremonial laws, and it was actually punishable by death. And to make matters worse, her fiancé Joseph at the time was going to, it says, quietly divorce her or leave her and really it was as joseph being a righteous man is what it says it's most likely quietly she, he was going to do this so that she wouldn't get arrested or get harmed or be stoned to death now as we look at this story can you imagine the fear that mary might be experiencing at this moment here, not only is there an angel that says, hey, guess what, Mary? I know your situation with Joseph. You're not quite married yet. I know what's required. There's a lot of kids around here. I know what's required to, to have a baby, and that hasn't happened, but you're going to be pregnant. Number one, that's really weird and scary. And second of all, in this context where if you were to be pregnant, if that were to become true, Mary's thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to be pregnant, and I'm not going to be married, and I know what that means in this society, in the time that I live, this is what Mary is saying, I could be uh, stoned, to, I could be killed, I could be arrested, uh, if nothing else, I will be shunned and outcasted, not only from my own family because of the shame it brings, but even this community that I live in. Now this is fear. Mary had everything to be afraid of. And not only that, the words that we see, it says that, A, Mary was greatly troubled, and she wondered what was going to happen. Now, this word wonder that we read, especially in the NIV, is this word, it's this Greek word, because the New Testament was written in Greek, In uh, the original word is the word dialogue isomai, dialogue isomai. And this word is where we get the word dialogue. And so where it says that Mary wondered what was she to do, she was having this dialogue, 
within her? Have you ever wrestled even just with yourself? Like, what am I going to do? Uh, This angel says I'm going to be pregnant, but I know that if I'm pregnant in this context, there's going to be so much shame. I might be put to death. Uh, my fiance is going to leave me. So, so Mary is in this really terrifying position, just wrestling with what to do next. And I don't know about you, but if that was me, if I was just wrestling with what was going to do, what was going to happen next, I would just say, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to say no. I, it's not going to happen. I'm going to live my life, go back to the, the plan that I have, get married to Joseph, live happily ever after. But Mary had an opportunity to dialogue within herself. And, and not only that, it says that she was greatly troubled. In the original word is she was terrified. She was terrified on what was going to happen next. Have you ever been afraid Dealing with fear, being terrified, wrestling with yourself. I can't even imagine what Mary is going through. Even today, this has no, this isn't compared to what Mary is going through. Uh, But I will say, and maybe this is a little bit of an announcement, that uh, my wife Maria is expecting, we're expecting. Uh, Yeah, thank you. And, and uh, our, our baby will be born in, in, in June. And again, this is nothing like what Mary experienced, but I, and, and maybe for you that, uh, that have been parents or first-time parents, and, uh, we're both excited and yet terrified. And we're excited because it's our first born, and, and I know that this isn't everybody's story right now, and, and sometimes I have this tension of, of sharing that and, and celebrating while knowing that it's not everybody's story, and, and if that's you, I want to honor you. And I want to say, God is your peace. God is your comfort. It sounds so trivial, but it's so true that God is with you. But as I think about this new season that Maria and I will be entering into. I'm excited and I'm terrified. Yesterday I was uh, actually at uh, Dom and Claire, they're somewhere around here, we're at their house celebrating their two-year-old's birthday. And I was telling them that, oh, yeah, we heard the heartbeat, we had ultrasounds and and all that, and I'm just worried about what's going to happen and and how to take care of this human being that's coming uh, to our responsibility. And I said, you know what I want to do? I want to get one of those things where you plug it in and then you can listen to the heartbeat of the baby because I'm terrified of what might happen as if, you know, heaven forbid, if something goes wrong by listening to the heartbeat, like as if I knew what I was going to do, as if I knew what to do. I obviously don't. And when I said that, they both kind of, even Maria herself kind of laughed at me like, we, Prentice, we, calm down. We don't need that. Like, are you kidding me? Yes, we need to get this Doppler thing where you, you know, put this speaker to her belly and you can hear the heartbeat, something that the, 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 the doctors do. We need that because I'm terrified. And she's like, don't be ridiculous. You don't need it. I can't imagine what Mary is experiencing. And yet the angel's response is quite interesting, and it's simply this. Do not be afraid. There she is. There's me, the two-year. Hey, <laughs> hi. 
It was her two years. Today's her birthday. Can everyone say happy birthday, Mia? Yeah. And we celebrated her life, her two years of life yesterday. Now, I don't know about you, but many of us, we've experienced fear. And the angel simply says, do not be afraid. Well, really easy for the angel to say, hey, don't be afraid. But I love what Scott Erickson, he's an author, and he has a book called Honest Advent. And he says this, a message from the divine must start with, be not afraid. Because it is shattering the security you found in limited conclusions. Uh, In other words, of course the things that God calls you to do, calls you to be, is going to be scary. And it's going to be scary because God wants us to surrender our lives and our trust to him and to believe that God is going to bring us through the wave of whatever we fear, of whatever challenges or obstacles or whatever insecurities we have in our lives. Of course, the place that God wants to bring you is not going to be easy. Of course, it's going to include uh, absolute being terrified. Because God wants to say, you know what, I'm glad you're terrified because now you can depend on me. Do not be afraid. And and I love Mary's response. And Mary's response simply is this. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me, uh, to me be fulfilled. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary says, God, whatever you want me to do. God, wherever you have called me. God, whatever you have next for my life, it could be as simple as a career change. It could be simple as seeking reconciliation, a simple coffee to say, you know what, I'm so sorry. Whatever that you're wrestling with, whatever that challenge is, whatever you're fearing, look at what Mary says. Mary says, God, may your word to me be true. May it be fulfilled. Mary said yes. And what we see is that Advent, the birth of Jesus, is a birth of newfound courage in all of us, in all of our lives. The angel said, do not be afraid. Now, I doubt that her actual fears went away. I doubt that Mary was suddenly, oh, I'm not afraid anymore. No, 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 no. The angel says, do not be afraid. And it's not that Mary just dropped her fear altogether. It's that her trust in God outweighed anything she feared in her life. And so when we follow God, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that, uh, that all of a sudden you're not going to be afraid of anything. You're not going to be terrified of the wave that's in front of you to get to point A to point B. What it means is that our belief and our faith and our trust in God is bigger than any obstacles we may ever have in our lives. And that's true for all of us right now sitting in these seats. Advent is the birth of a new courage. You see, being brave and being courageous isn't about the absence of fear. It's about the presence of trust. It's about trust. It's about trust, trust, trust. Now, with Mary, with her trust and obedience, Jesus was born, our Savior, one who would die on the cross, resurrect on the third day, and offer us eternal life. 
Not just when we die, but beginning right now, God, through the birth of Jesus, offers us new life. So the question I want to end with is, what are you fearing in your life right now? And my encouragement to you is that even tonight, even right now, sitting in your seats, for us to pray, Jesus, give me courage. And it's courage to do this. God, it's not give me courage to do X or Y or Z. It's God, give me the courage to simply hear you and be obedient to whatever you have me doing next. Simply Mary said, you know what, I'm afraid, but whatever you will for my life, may it be true. So the prayer that I'm encouraging all of us, myself included, isn't that, God, help me to be better at X, Y, and Z. Help me to do X, Y, and Z. It's, God, simply help me to just trust and believe. And as a byproduct, I will do and get through the waves as you have promised. And the Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will, will reveal things to you. I love that in John chapter 14, it says this, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. May you be reminded by the Holy Spirit that you are the sons and daughters of Jesus. May you be reminded that whatever fear is on the other side, you'll get through it supernaturally, even with the help of Christ. The moment that Jesus entered into our world as a baby is a moment that new courage and new bravery was birthed even within inside of us. Again, through Mary's fear, there was obedience. And out of that obedience was born a Savior to this world, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, whatever you're fearing, there's something on the other side of that fear that God has for you. It may not be to be the Messiah. That job is taken. That's Jesus. But maybe there's something else that God desperately wants you to do. Again, it could be something as big as an entire calling of giving up our lives to serve God even vocationally, professionally, whatever it is, it could be something smaller like God just wants you to just wake up and just be with him for just a few minutes a day. And maybe it's to, again, seek reconciliation. Maybe it's to serve the community. Maybe it's to have hard conversations with somebody. Maybe it's to strengthen your friendships or your marriage or, or your family relationships or whatever it is. Whatever that small or big thing is, on the other side of what you fear, God has something so good for you. Just will you say yes like Mary? My hope is that you will. My hope is that I will. And so as I invite the worship team back up, what we're going to do is we're going to light some candles. And, and what this candle represents is that in the midst of fear, in the midst of what is terrifying, that it's the belief on the other side of those waves, there's hope. There's peace. There's calling. There's blessing. There's joy. And I don't mean just being happy, but I mean this sense of fulfillment inside and out. 
where the externals don't even matter because of the joy that you're filled with. And that's our Savior, Jesus. And so from the candles, the Christ candle, we're going to light this. We're going to pass the peace of Christ to one another. I'm going to invite Pastor Megan to help. And as I close, I'm going to pray. We'll light these candles. We'll sing and we'll hear another reading from my friends, the Falcons. God, thank you. There's so many things in our lives to fear. And you're speaking into that to each and every one of us. But may we know that on the other side of that wave of fear is your promise. It's your love. It's your joy that is unquenchable. And may we live our lives according to that. May we trust you wholeheartedly. And we thank you for the birth of your son, Jesus, to usher in this newfound joy and courage in our lives. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship.